Uh, before we get started, I want to take a quick moment to uh, one shout out my old roommate, line brother, and awesome friend John Toulon. Uh, happy birthday, dog! And also shout out his new podcast, The Paternity Ward. Uh, it's him and five of his friends that have been tight since the days of BlackBerry Messenger. Back in the day, they were always just you know hanging out and talking junk, and now they're all fathers, and they've got amazing stories to tell. So they'll be going through that every Wednesday. And just showing you what it feels like to be a friend, a father, and a fighter. So tune into that Paternity Ward podcast um, from the Toulon Network. It's on all the streamable stuff. And uh, it should be good. The first episode was good. And I'm looking forward to checking it out every Wednesday. All right. Let's get it going. Where did I park? Where did I park? Welcome to another journey in trying to find out where did I park. I'm your host Chris, better known as CP, and I'm here to park some of my thoughts and feelings so I can clear my head and get my life together. So here goes nothing. So I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in last week. I found a lot of joy in the gratitude episode, and it seems like some other people did too. So I appreciate everybody listening to that. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it or not, but something said, you know, you can't go wrong with talking about how thankful you are. So uh, although they were kind of simple and kind of obvious, I found a lot of joy in just uh, talking about how grateful I was for certain parts of my life and just how my week went. So hopefully you did the same and found the same joy in similar things. So this week it brings me extreme joy to talk to one of my own boys that I grew up with. We've been friends since high school and it's uh, funny to think about high school was so long ago now. The years are really adding up. We've been friends longer than we haven't been. So if that doesn't tell you anything else, it just tells you that I'm old. But anyways, Donald is my homeboy. We go back. He leads an interesting life. He goes a lot of places and does a lot of things. But one of his main things is soccer. Uh, You can always find him on camera at a soccer event because he stands out. He tries to catch every single uh, national team event. And he uh, represents the soccer frat, which we'll talk about. But um, he's all over the place. He just spent the last month in France for the Women's World Cup. So we're going to talk to him about it and then just uh, see how he even got into soccer in the first place because that's not necessarily something that anybody would do. But uh, once you talk to Donald, you'll kind of figure out how he how he rolls and why he loves it so much. So hopefully you'll enjoy it and you'll learn a little bit about the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, and if he's not all that, then he's at least the guy that you recognize on TV. So without further ado... what's going on yeah what's going on my man what's going on i mean first things first how did you just take an entire month off <laughs> well i didn't really take a month off uh it, it may have looked like that on instagram and, and social media but uh, i was actually working the entire time i was there i was doing not only the stuff i was doing in france but i was also working on stuff back here in the united states so i was Really, I was getting up at like 6, 7 a.m. some days to get done with the work before the East Coast woke up. 
and then I would then switch shift to all the stuff that I had to do in France. Uh, so it was like 18, 19 hour days sometimes, which was a long thing, but it was worth it to get out of the house for a month, so to speak. All right. All right. That makes me feel a little better, but it still sounds like you took a month off. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, it, it was France. So if, if I'm going to do it from my, ho- you know, from a, a hotel in France, I'm going to do it from my apartment in D.C. Yeah. France for a month was a nice change of pace. Right. All right. So we'll get into that, but let's uh, backtrack. So I was just talking about, like, I've known you since high school and that's been like 20 years now. Yes. Well over 20 years. It's, it's wild that it's been that long. So I guess that just means we're old. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But like in high school, you know, you were track star and all that stuff. And then life punched you in the gut. And then you went to uh, Shusefsky Community College in Durham. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was really good uh, at community college, though. It was a really good one. Not as good as any other schools in the area, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So you were like, uh, like the video manager for the football team there. And then... You know, you graduate and you go down to the U for law school and now you're like this big soccer fanatic. So I guess when did the soccer thing start? Well, I think, I mean, soccer has always been one of those things that I've always watched it, you know, back when we were kids, it was much harder to watch than it is now. I mean, now I can turn on the TV and on some some channel, there was some soccer playing, whether it's old or new. I mean, back then you kind of had to search for it. Um, And with cable being what it was back then, I mean, it was maybe one game every month um, or something like that, but you, you ended up watching what you could. And I went to my first U.S. match back in 2008, so it was right out of law school. And one of my law school buddies uh, and I went to a game in New York, and we just had a blast and, and figured out, hey, this is something that we can go to a lot more of, especially being on the East Coast, we get a lot of games. So I ended up joining a supporters group and uh, named the American Outlaws that very next week. And now I'm at 110 games, uh, you know, 11 years later, which is kind of ridiculous when you when you look at it that way. So supporters group, that's a nice way of saying it. But you know what I call it, the soccer fret. Yeah, <laughs> the soccer fret. Yeah, that's that's the uh, what, we, what we talk about on, on the chat. So, yeah. So you've been um, rolling with them for the entire 11 years? Uh, it's been over 11 years. Um, I joined June 16th, 2008. So uh, we're, we're, yeah, well over. We're into our 12 year now. So we're getting close. But uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been quite a bit. And it's national, but they got like different chapters and stuff, right? Right. So we have uh, chapters in 200 cities, um, two of them being outside the country, one in Mexico City and the other being in London. And uh, I helped start the DC chapter, and that's kind of where I got my foot in the door with the Outlaws, and, and kind of grew from there. Yeah, so that is the soccer fret. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's we got chapters we're built kind of in a similar way, um, and we all paid member dues to a national organization. We have national meetings and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's it's shaped like it, but obviously we have women and uh, <laughs> that, that probably, the, the word frat probably isn't the best way to describe it, but we'll, we'll go with it. When did it like become a thing? So obviously game one was good and now you're at game like 111 or so. Mm-hmm. So at what point was it like, oh yeah, I'm in, like I'm, I'm nuts. I think it was probably 2012. Um, mm-hmm. Going to my first away match 
which was, I mean, I, I don't count Canada because you and I both know Canada's like going to, you know, suburban Detroit. Uh, right. But going to Antigua and Barbuda for a match was an island I never thought I'd be able to see. And I was there for a soccer game. And that's kind of when it got real for me. Uh, and, and you kind of think about it of, I love to travel. I love the game. I love sports. And this was an easy way to travel and do both. Um, so, you know, giving that excuse to go to different islands and different countries uh, to watch your team play is a really, really cool experience. And then also here in the United States, traveling to all these cities and getting, you know, having people everywhere and, and getting to know people everywhere, you get a, you build a, a bit of a family away from home. So uh, it's always cool to travel to all these games because you get to see some of the same people and you meet new people along the way. And uh, locally, you're like a big DC United fan, right? Yeah, I, I've been a season ticket holder for about 10 years now. Okay. And so does that count for the Outlaws or is that just separate? No, that's completely separate. So the American Outlaws only does uh, the U.S. national teams, whereas gotcha. there's supporters groups for each you know club team that you see around the country. Gotcha. And you're like part of some DC United soccer fret too, though, right? I was. I was. I got out of it last year um, for uh, a, a various reasons, but I, I am now retired from that part of the game. I sit on the other side of the stadium uh, and enjoy <laughs> not being not having to do anything uh, at a match for once. So are you over there like booing them? And stuff? <laughs> I do boo the other team. I, I get a lot of opportunity to express my... Uh, my thoughts on the game um, while I'm sitting and having a cold beverage um, during the game. So uh, something I didn't used to be able to do all the time. So it was good to kind of relax uh, every now and then and get to watch a game. Gotcha. And so you guys, uh, obviously, since you were in France, you do the the women's team, but you guys also do the men's team too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we do. So, And what was that, the Gold Cup that was on at the same time? It was, uh, which is the regional tournament for the men. Right. How did you feel seeing that uh, we caught another L? Uh, I, I kind of expected it. I obviously didn't want that to happen. I, you know, also it's, it's weird because when I was in France, I'm watching every single game for the women. And then we're, you know, some mornings we're getting up or staying up, uh, I should say late into the night to watch the men. Right. So that game was on at three 30 in the morning, the day, okay. the morning after the women had won the world cup. So we basically stayed up partying until that game. And then they caught that L and I'm like, come on, man, like this would have been perfect. We would have walked on water if both teams had pulled it off, but still got work to do on the men's side. Yeah, that'd be straight. I, I think you probably still have work to do on the women's side since they're not getting paid. That's true. Yeah, that, that's the next step. But now that they've won a fourth title, maybe, I mean, those those talks are, are you know, you see that you hear the chance, you hear the people calling for it. Maybe they'll actually get done. I hear that. So, like, uh, you went to every game? I went to every the, U.S. Uh, game, yeah. So can you describe what that uh, scene was like out there? It was crazy, man. Uh, I mean, the fact that we had, you know, 80% of almost every stadium, uh, except for the game against France, we, we filled every stadium. We had, you know, first-time people. We had people who had been around a long time. And it just the just the scene was crazy. The Americans walking everywhere you go. It was kind of... It's kind of like walking, you know, in New York City, really. Um, oh, so it was it was pretty cool in that regard, but also just the number of fans who were out to support the women, uh, especially with the Gold Cup going on and people, some of them had to make choices for them to come out and watch the, the World Cup. I mean, you get the World Cup every four years and we knew this team was good and people latch on to winners and, and these gals are winners. So it, it was really cool to see so many people coming from near and far to, 
to watch them play and and really uh the amount of people that stayed the whole month like i did to to watch every single game and follow the team on their journey to this fourth world cup and watch it happen that's crazy and so uh in that france game was there any like beef was there anybody in the stands trying to get with it or? no so it's funny we we actually are really good friends with uh the leaders of the french supporters group we had met them last year and we were you know they were cool with us we were cool with them they're on the other side of the stadium from us so really the chance are like us doing a chant then they would do one and that atmosphere going back and forth uh, but we were surrounded by french fans we had a lot of american fans too uh, but the French fans were all very cordial. They were just there to support their team. We were there to support our team. And at the end, we were we were the winners. And they all congratulated us and, and basically said, we hope you win this thing now. So uh, it was kind of cool right. to get that support. And we had that support throughout the month. But especially, you know, that game, which was, the, in my opinion, the biggest game of the tournament, uh, to knock them out. Gotcha. And then for them to immediately turn around and say, well, we lost you guys and we're glad it was you guys. So go ahead and win the whole thing. Uh, that That was really cool. Okay, yeah, that that sounds pretty decent, actually. How does the U.S. team like feel about the the outlaws? Or like, is it like a commission type of event, or do they just know you guys? Are oh coming? no, no, they know we're coming, um, and we let them know every single game we're, we're there, no matter where they are, no matter where they're playing, no matter who they're playing. We got people in the stands. We have a section, and we have our events. And so, I, you know, it's really cool to see some of the players. Like, you know, after the games, they'll come over and and applaud us for coming. Um, they did it a lot during the tournament. Their families were basically in lockstep with us throughout the tournament. We we did a lot of tours together and really got to rub shoulders with, you know, random people who you probably see on TV and they're like, oh yeah, these are, you know, the parents of Allie Krieger. Uh, or, you know, Zach Ertz was, oh, okay. was, was there the entire game, entire tournament. He took... Oh yeah, because his wife... Yeah, Julie Ertz. And he actually left uh, mandatory workouts to go to the World Cup and was like, just find me, I'll be in France. Uh, which, which is cool that he's got money like that to do that. I I, I had to work while I was there. Right. He didn't. But um, uh, but yeah, right. no, that's kind of cool to kind of you know walk down the street and you'll see a bunch of players' families just kind of hanging out and they're looking at us and saying, "Oh, cool, you guys are here for you know the tournament. That's so awesome." So uh, yeah, that's also that always, that's always really cool. You don't really get that on the men's side. It's it's something that the women uh, and their families are very tight knit and show their support to us. You know, quite frequently. So does like the men's squad disrespect you? They're not up in the stands. No, it's not or... that. It, you know, you you because of their stature um, in the world of soccer, they they're you know a little more hands off, and they the security is a little bit better for them because they're paid more. They get right. better security. They stay in better hotels. Uh, whereas you know the players' families were you know staying down the street from us, um, and, and the players were around the corner. Now FIFA was handling their security, but we knew where they were, and if we wanted to do something we could but we basically made our own decision to say hey look let them focus on winning this thing and you know but for normal games they're coming to our section all the time the men are doing it as well uh, but they're not doing it as much as as the women because of their stature and because mm -hmm. a lot of people like hey you know christian makes you know 10 million dollars like he doesn't need to be over mingling with with those guys so um but yeah it's, it's interesting that the, the the connect between the men and the women and how they interact with us but both of them adore us and and really thank us every time we come out that's cool and so how did you uh set up that trip to normandy and you guys like presented uh who did you present and what did you present yeah so we it? presented a wreath uh at the memorial that is out at the uh american uh memorial Amer american normandy cemetery 
Uh, and so it's a massive place. Obviously, there's there's like 9,000 um, grave sites there. Um, all of them marked for you know where the where they came from, what state they were at, where when they passed away, whether it be during D-Day or shortly right. after. Uh, so we got to present a wreath at that memorial, which I thought was a very humbling experience because not every group gets to do that. And uh, they played the national anthem. Everybody in the entire cemetery stopped, no matter whether they were part of the ceremony or not. They played taps. We played the wreath. And you know, it was a very rewarding experience because we wanted to show our support for that, but also a humbling experience because you're, it, it's one of the rare places where the people who are laying there died there. Um, most cemeteries, you don't have people. Right. I mean, we, Amer you know, I, you know, Arlington National Cemetery has like two hundred thousand, and but very few people died there. It was, you know, but right. this is a gravesite where literally people died where they are buried, and that's kind of humbling to to witness. Wow, that's uh, that's actually pretty cool though. If you didn't get anything else out of the the event, you can always you know say you did that and. I know you got pictures and videos mm -hmm. of all that happening. So who who thought of that idea? Was that like uh, just something you guys did as a group or was that part of like some kind of, you know, uh, national team? Well, that was something that we wanted like to that? do. We, we had already had the trip set up um, to Normandy to visit the various sites. Uh, and when we realized we were going to the cemetery, we we said, hey, maybe if it's cool, we can present a, you know, a wreath uh, at the memorial. Um, and we worked on that. That was something that once we got to France, we worked on getting a wreath and, and how the ceremony was set up and worked with the cemetery um, uh, staff to uh, who helped facilitate it. And they're very uh, warm and, and welcoming us and allowing us to do that. Uh, so that's not something that everybody does. There's, you know, maybe five or six, you know, a day, but it's something that is arranged ahead of time. And that was something that hopefully you know hopefully we can do again hopefully we go back to france and we're able to do that uh, again but it was definitely something that came about where we decided we wanted to do it and luckily the cemetery was able to make it happen for us gotcha so that seems pretty cool i hope i don't get you in trouble but like it seems like uh the national team needs to start cutting you guys a check or something, or <laughs> paying for a hotel or setting out like a team dinner or something like that. A team dinner would be cool. We'll start with that, that where we can run filters <laughs> with them. Um, but uh, no, it's 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 one of those things where a lot of these people are going to be doing it anyway, and right. we want to make it so that as many fans as possible can go to these games and support the team that they love. So mm -hmm. uh, that's what this real this what this whole trip was about. That's why I was there the whole month because we had people coming and going. We had some people who were there the whole month. We had some people who were there for a couple of matches, but we had events for all of them. And we had a package for a travel package for everybody so that we made it so that as you know, many people as possible could get the experience of being at the World Cup and supporting their team, which is not something that everything everybody gets to do. So we're fortunate with that. Right. I mean, that's actually pretty cool when you think about it. Um, and shout out to you and everybody else who were able to finagle a month to uh to do all that yeah it wasn't easy um <laughs> i'm not sure i'll be able to do it again but you know was, <laughs> I, I had to take i had to take the opportunity when i had it yeah i mean it only comes once every four years and if you can swing it you got to do it otherwise you'll be sitting there regretting it mm -hmm. the u.s will probably lose in the first round next time and <laughs> you know we'll be all upset but uh <laughs> so like as far as the uh the soccer threat is concerned like are there any like paid positions or like is the president get comped or it's basically like where we have a uh you know 
all of the chapter leaders are unpaid. They're volunteers. They, you know, they really uh, volunteer a lot of their time or, you know, as much time as they can to building the soccer game in their town. And that's really what this is about, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and, and a lot of the, the, the money that comes about is really from membership dues. We, we help pay for okay. all of our events that way. You know, we use that for tailgates, night before parties, you know, getting, you know, merchandise that we, uh, and then also chapters get their own merchandise. They do their scarves and their t-shirts and some do jerseys. Uh, but it's, it's really about that, you know, that translates to, you know, a, a chapter has a scarf and then when they see it on TV, they see 20 people holding up their scarves in the stands on TV that gives yeah. them, you know, all that, you know, the credibility that they need to keep going. Uh, and that's right. what they live for. A lot of them are just like, Hey, you know, we like that, you know, AODC is in the building. And I think that's yeah. really cool that a lot of chapters are able to do that. And we encourage our chapters to, you know, try and promote themselves by wearing shirts. And that also helps bring in new members because when you're wearing a shirt on the street, people stop and ask questions. Who are the American Outlaws and, and, and what are they about? And it's an easy conversation starter. Is there any like standards you have to uphold or is it just like, don't be stupid, uh, make a cool design, go? Uh, well, we have some standards. It's not, it's, it's not really uh, uh, difficult to, to abide by them, but really, you know, we have a code of conduct that, and that's the real important thing is that they have to abide by uh, our code of conduct at all of their events, all of our events. Uh, and really just, we want to promote the game in a positive, passionate way. Uh, you know, we can boo and stuff like that, but we're not, you know, calling out players. We're not, uh, in, in a, in a, I won't say this, we'll, we won't call out players in a, uh, in a deceitful or hurtful way. Um, we're right. not going after their families or anything like that. Uh, like yeah. some, you know, hooligans would do, but we're about promoting the game and really growing the game in a passionate and positive way uh, because I think that's what spreads the game a lot better than just being negative all the time. That's cool. So is there any rules on, uh, let's say, uh, concessions? Are you allowed to partake in any beverages or anything or do you have to keep it clean? Oh, no, no. We we have a tailgate, so people are going to do tailgate oh, okay. things at this tailgate. So, okay. okay. Um, and we do that for every game. Now, obviously, we want people to be safe in doing it. Um, for me, I usually, because I uh, carry a credential for most of the games that I'm at now, I don't, you know, I maybe have like one or two drinks, before, you know, during an eight-hour, you know, day uh, because I want to make sure that I'm alert and, and able to handle issues with security and with uh, uh, stadium officials. You can't really do that when you're hammered. So, uh, but for you know some right. people, they have a great time. They you know they're able to partake in in the adult beverages and and we we grill. We have a tailgate every single game or at least a pregame, um, like we did in France. And people are able to drink and have a good time and and really just prepare themselves for supporting the team throughout the game. That's the end point. We want people to make sure that they make it inside. And, and they're, you know, they're able to do this for you know two for ninety minutes because that's the important thing. That's why we're all here. We make sure people don't lose sight of that. What does the credential entail? What does that mean? Uh, so I basically I, I I have something that grants me access to the field and, and to the stands uh, to basically a help for security. Um, okay. uh, because what we do is we don't like our we don't like security getting in our members' faces and you know because a lot of them don't know what we do, what we're about we help bridge that gap. We're kind of the liaison. So we help patrol our own sections. And if there's issues, we bring it to security and not the other way around because we want security to know that, hey, we're on top of things and and things aren't going to get out of control on our watch. We will handle it. And if there's something that we can't handle, we bring them in. 
All right, let's let's get to the elephant in the room. All right. Uh, you tend to stand out at these games. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, it's because I'm a really nice guy. <laughs> and I, I have a really loud voice. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yes, I, I stand out. There's not many people that look like me in the stands. Furthermore, there's not a lot that are in positions of leadership of any kind. We have we, we do have a diverse group of leaders and we have some that are women. We have some that are uh, black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian. Um, we have them all over. But yes, I stand out because I, I have a loud voice. And when people look at me on TV, they they can find me in any group. Um, I know I can. <laughs> yeah, it is very easy for my family to pick me out of a lineup uh, yeah. when I'm in the stands. That's the cool part, though. So, like, you always know, I always go to your uh, your timeline after a game and see how many people spotted you. You're kind of like, where's Waldo? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what mom tells it. She's like, yeah, we're, we're, I always just play where's Waldo on TV. And, now, like, now some of my aunts are watching the games and, like, how do I find Donald? And my mom's like, he's in the You'll same spot him. every game. <laughs> You'll find him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you know the cameraman and do they you know they're coming to you no i don't i i'm really just focused on the game or what i'm trying to do in the stands and half the time it's i don't even check my phones until really like halftime so really it's like i open my phone at halftime and i have like 150 messages and i'm like oh i must have been on tv somewhere um so it's kind of funny when it happens because people are like Oh, you were, you know, my mom's like, oh, it's on the back of your head. Um, <laughs> because it's like, yeah, well, I was probably, you know, in the stands cheering or, or leading something. And then right. all of a sudden you'll see a bunch of people posting pictures and like sending me pictures like, oh, I guess I had a nice little healthy amount of face time. Right, right. Do you remember the first time you got on camera with that or the first time people started hitting you up? Um, I don't think so. Because here's the thing. It, it happened. Uh, I think the first time it happened was probably at a DC United game. Um, when I was helping to, you know, lead that section back in the day. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like a, oh, he's on camera every single week. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm literally in the same spot every week. And it is very easy. Like even on TV, I would watch because I used to record the games. I still do. Mm -hmm. I used to record the games so I would watch them later because most of the game I'm spent is spent with me, my back to the field. So I'm actually right. not watching the game. I'm handling something or, you know, trying to lead a chant. So I actually right. would watch just to kind of see how the game was flowing. But I always could find myself. It was very easy once I, you know, realized, hey, there is times where they're just going to be focused in on the area that I'm standing in. And it's going to be very apparent that I'm there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of wild still. People probably are like, oh, you're probably numb to being on TV. And no, not really. It's always still kind of a like, wow, really? I'm like on international TV for some of these games. Right. So does that influence any of like your outfit choices or your scarves? Or it's like, hey, I can't. I can't have them see me uh, wearing this one today. No, but it does, like it, when I'm in the United States, I, I make sure that I need I need a, my my, my uh, cut needs to be fresh. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I always wear a headband. I always wear a jersey. I always wear shorts with socks. That whatever that is really just like the day before I leave for a game I kind of just go through my closet and say yep this is going to be the one I'm wearing and, and, and rock with it um, and it's not like I'm wearing the same jersey every single game people will find me no matter what I'm, what I'm wearing right because you know you stand out I stand out you're yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of standing out uh, you know soccer has a unfortunate history of 
uh, fans not treating people that look different very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you uh, find that that you get any of that in you know your position? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Every it's not. I won't say all the time, but it's definitely um, you know because I stand out. Uh, I can and I have a you know a lot of leadership um, within the organization. I become a target, and um, right. in, in anything I do. It's almost where, I don't know, it's, it's hard to talk about, obviously, but it's something where it's just like, whatever I do is never good enough. Um, right. And if someone doesn't like it, the way I do something or the fact that I'm on TV all the time or the fact that I'm, you know, leading this or that, they always like to try and go above my head to somebody else and say, oh, well, um, you know, Donald didn't do it, didn't tell me this. And you know, I always keep paper trails. Uh, I, I love email because... I, I can say, hey, here, I sent this information to you and now you're telling this person that I never did. Um, but there's also just the, the the dark, dark side of things. And that happened on the last night I was in France uh, and it was American yeah. that, that happened, that that was the person that I ran into that did it. Um, it wasn't right. directed at me, but it affected me all the same. And I, I think that it, it, that is few and far between. There are there have been a few instances where people have gone after me specifically because of what I look like uh, right. and, and target me because of that, because of the, they, they, they say, oh, you're the most visible, but it's not that. It's, there's a reason why they consider me the most visible. And we all know what it is. Uh, so it's yeah. something that I deal with. Um, it's, it's obviously the bad side of, of, of soccer and sports in general, because uh, I won't say that didn't happen to me, um, you know, before I, you know, got heavy into soccer. Um, mm-hmm. It happens everywhere, so it's not right. uh, it's not something unique to soccer, and it's not something that soccer's got the got the lockdown on. Um, this is just life in general, uh, and it's unfortunate right. that we have to deal with it. But unfortunately, I do have a lot of practice at dealing with it. Of course. So, like, how does the support system work with that? Are there usually backers, or is it kind of something you try to keep to yourself and, and kind of minimize it? I think we've all been in situations where, you know, what we really want to do, we can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, you know, if you live a little bit longer, you know, we all figure out, you know, the things that we can and cannot right. do. So how do you how do you maintain your cool? And is there anybody helping? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's sometimes people helping. I mean, I've had I have some really good friends that will that have backed me up, that have stood up for me when necessary. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's always the people who are like, oh, well, they didn't mean it like that, or they didn't mean to say what they said, or they're going after you for whatever reason. Uh, but it's not that. (laughs) And, you know, I, I think you and I both know, like you can't go full ABM with these people. You really can't, (laughs) um, even though you want to. And, and I mean, this last time in France, we had just won the world cup. It was supposed to be a great time. And when this happened, I wanted to go full ABM and I, I waited, but I also was like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction of going full ABM because I would be in French jail. So he, so I waited till I got back to my hotel room before I just on the, just lashed out. And I even, even then with my friend in the room trying to talk me down, I still didn't go full ABM because she didn't deserve that. And, and, and yeah. she was just trying there to help me. And I realized, and I knew that. Um, so it's, it's hard because, uh, you know, I was talking to my brother about this, like every reaction is 
the absolute correct reaction when it comes to something like this and it's different every time and sometimes i just you know grill and eat it because i'm in you know mixed company and then like hey this ain't the time or the place and then sometimes people got to understand that this is not how we get down and, and there have been right. times where <laughs> i mean in the stands during a game someone said something like that and it was me jumping over literally leaping over somebody and getting caught by security who was basically stopping me from from throwing him onto the field and security was like don't worry about it i know i know what you heard we got him he's gone right. um so uh, I, I think that's cool but you know it's also we shouldn't have to deal with that and it's 20 2019 ad and we're still having to deal with that and right. i think that's just terrible and, and not just in soccer right. just in life i mean i live in washington dc right. and i have to deal with it so uh, it's 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 everywhere and unfortunately we have to deal with it and every reaction i will i will make that clear and i i believe this my brother said as i believe it every reaction is the perfect reaction to when this something that's, like this happens that's real that's real and uh you definitely make it on camera yeah i'll be making on camera and they're gonna you know then we get the you know whole like oh what are they gonna talk about when you know when something like that happens they're not gonna talk about the person right. who did it they're gonna talk about the reaction and that's that's right. going to be the unfortunate part and that's always in the back of my mind where i'm just like hey just keep it street legal don't make it on the news um because honestly they're gonna they're gonna make it your fault whatever whatever happens no matter how it would happen it's always going to be your fault and you can't take it to that level um especially with people who really just don't understand and, and most of most of them right. don't fully understand how that how that affects you. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel when uh, somebody really is trying to sell you on like, it's really, it's because you're loud. Like, oh, really? look, I mean, there are loud people in, in, in the American Outlaws. There's loud people in life. Uh, and everyone knows it's not even about being loud because I, I can be loud anywhere. I can be quiet anywhere. Uh, but I, I also know how to be loud in a way that gets people to do stuff. So it's not about the being loud. It's not about that because even that in a way you can say it and mean something completely different. And you know what I mean? Like you can say it in a way that you're like, right. why, why are you talk about me being loud? Um, so I think in the end people talk about visibility and they talk about, Oh, you're loud and you're everywhere. And it's, it's because it's easy to find me, but because of that, the haters are out there and they, it's easy for them to find me too. So, I mean, obviously uh, we talked about that, but there's some good things that have come from all that camera time too. Like, didn't you make a video yes. game? Yes, uh, was it a video game? No, it was a, it was a commercial. Um, yeah, it was a oh, commercial, it was commercial. Uh, the okay. ESPN commercial uh, back in 2014. It actually won an Emmy. Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting on the Emmys to deliver my trophy. Um, uh, I, right. I, I keep checking the mail. I guess they lost my address, but uh, maybe one day I'll get it. But <laughs> but anyway, that was a fun, that was a fun day, and that's you know one of the fun parts of doing what I do, and then waking up and one day waking up and turning on the TV and hearing my voice and having no idea where it came from. Um, that was a pretty pretty cool right. day. Yeah, because I remember seeing the commercial and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, and it's wow. It's it's ever it was yeah. everywhere for the, the for the twenty fourteen World Cup. I I went to Brazil and people were like, you know, I'd just be talking with someone and someone randomly come up like, "I've heard your voice somewhere," and then before I could say anything, my friends like, "Dude, he's in the commercial," and everyone understood what that meant, which is kind of wild. So it, it seems like you might have some uh, some groupies from yeah. the camera time. I, if they are there, um, you know, they should need to come holler at me the next tailgate. Um, Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs>
So if anything, at least take some autographs signed. It was funny, like, uh, you know, it was kind of surreal at the end of the the Netherlands game. people were coming up to me and asking me to take pictures. And it wasn't because it was because they had seen me there the whole month leading everything. And they're like, you did such a great job and you made this such, you know, a fun experience for me and my family or my kid. Um, and we want to just take a picture with you. And I thought I was just like, I was like the, the heroes are on the field. I'm just one of these guys in the stands, but it's, it's, it's really, it was really overwhelming to have people come up to me and, right. and thank me for, you know, giving them an experience that they'll never forget because it was an experience I'll never forget. And it, it, for 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 me to influence even one person like that, it, that's what you live for, and mm-hmm. that's what keeps you going. And, and just in, in anything you do, yeah, that's real. Are there more people of your status level out there, or are you guys like the top dogs of the of the? We're the biggest group? ones, and we're, we're the ones that have been around the longest. There is another um, a supporters group, Sammers SC. Um, they're a little smaller. Uh, they're a lot smaller, I would say. Um, they just started a few years ago, um, but they are. You know, we we collaborate with them on things, and uh, I know their president. Their president is actually uh, 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 of our of our persuasion as well. Hey. Uh, knowing him a long time, so. Um, we, I, you know, me and him collaborate on stuff. We've capped together in the stands, and we've, uh, we, we're, you know, five seats apart from each other in in uh, in Lyon for the final. So, um, so yeah, there's definitely great people there, and, and we work with them. But really, it's you know, for us, it's we're trying to grow the game in general, and and we're doing that by you know trying to make our organization as big and as organized as possible. Um, and, and that's kind of what my job is with them right now. So it sounds like we run the the fan situation for soccer. We can add that to our list. We 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 run it. We we we're in here, um, and it's 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 hard because once you're on top, people try to get you to you know try to stay on top. So uh, right. I have to work harder now that we're on top to stay there, um, and that's what we're trying to do. Even with DC, I you know I people are like oh you probably left DC, and I'm like no, I'm working with. Uh, our president who's also he's also from detroit um and uh I, he took over for me when i moved up uh to the national team so to speak uh, and, <laughs> and, he, and, and me and him are always collaborating on ways to make our chapter better and our chapter still the biggest chapter um and we we're very proud of that that's pretty dope 111 you said 111 matches uh this next match i go to will be my 111th yeah okay so 111 um World Cups, uh, club teams, all this stuff. What, uh, I guess, what are the best moments of those times? Do you have any like that stand out above the rest? Um, wow. So I will say that the best moment was um, going to Brazil. We did a side trip and we did a side trip to this island that was off the coast, about an hour off the coast. And it has three of the best five beaches in the world that's rated by any magazine you'll ever pick up. And so we went to the best beach on that list and we had to basically climb down a, a rope ladder and walk down this cliff essentially 300 feet to the bottom and wound up on this beach um this island only holds 300 people they only let 300 people on the island at all times wow. um so if you're on a flight and you're like hey i want to stay another day there's no staying another day you leave someone else comes in <laughs> so yeah. we, we went to this island we're just sitting there we're like how the hell did we end up on this on this beautiful beach looking at this beautiful sunset and one of my friends said well soccer brought us here and i think that was the perfect thing for all these trips is we would never see some of the sites that we've seen without 
this game and and these people really like you know it's not only the trips that you take it's the people you take them with and i'm fortunate that we have some great great people and you know that have a lot of fun on these trips and make it so that each trip is a blast so uh that was a fun trip um going to jamaica is always a great time we always joke about uh we hated that they did make the uh walk of qualifying last time because we wanted to do another trip to jamaica it's always it was always a blast and then right. you know going to i mean going to nashville i i ended up going to nashville like so many times um because it's always fun to just go down there the people are there great and the food is all, always fantastic and they just show they just they just show up for for the game and it's it's really a lot of fun so it's always cool to get to some of these cool cities uh, and cool countries and visit and, and that's kind of what motivates you to keep going and that's why i have like a list of trips to go to or a place to go to and it's just like how do i end up in these places we just figure out ways to go so how many uh what is this july of 2019 mm -hmm. how many more do you have planned for the rest of the year how many trips yeah. oh god um at least I, I mean for soccer i think 10 Jeez. i think there's some that we made that I may not go to, but yeah, I basically like plan for all of them and then adjust from there. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's like nine or ten that I have left, and that's not counting like you know weddings and you know trips to, trips oh, to yeah, see family and stuff like that. Um, so you try to make every single one. Like, how do you feel when you don't? Do you have to like call in sick? Do you have to like report it to the board? Or, <laughs> no. Like, do you get demerits? No. <laughs> no, we have a bunch of people who who can go to each match and we kind of just talk with each other on our national committee on who can make each match there's myself and one other guy that usually goes to most of them and we always usually try to make it so that one of us is at every single uh game at least one of us if not both of us um but yeah the games that i don't make i i just go to uh the local chapter here in dc and watch it with them um which is also a great time and uh, it, sometimes i treat it as a night off and it's funny now people come in and they're like oh you're you're not on tv tonight what's going on and like, <laughs> and I'm like i'm just uh just taking a break uh but yeah i mean sometimes life gets in the way and you have things that you have to do or work that you just can't get out of and um and that will be the only thing that kind of precludes me from going on a, on some of these trips I don't know. You just went to France for a month. I'm pretty sure you can figure out how to get around. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, sometimes I'm like, hey, I'm, you know, I, I, I like to plan my schedule because I work hourly. So I basically plan my schedule, say, hey, look, I got to be, you know, if I want to be gone for these three games, I need to work X amount of hours and I just get it done. Uh, so I have to stay organized and, and everything I do. And, and that's really why I'm able to be able to go on some of these trips is that I can stay organized and get things done that I need to so that I have the time to go. Uh, what's your goal um, with um, your fanhood? Is there like a certain number of uh, games you want to meet? Um, are there, you know, outreach goals for the chapters? Like what's, I guess, what's your driving force right now? Or is it just, hey, soccer's playing? It's, I'm going. I think for me, it's about growing the game. Um, I want, you know, the game to be, we're not going to get to the level of what it's like in Europe yet. I, I won't say we will get there eventually, but people want that to be overnight. It's not going to be overnight. We're not, let's not play ourselves. Uh, so, right. but, but my goal is like, I mean, the World Cup is coming here in 2026. I want it so that when that team steps out in the field, they have an entire stadium of fans that are into the game, are ready to play, ready to, you know, support them. 
and basically make our job that much easier. Uh, and I, I want that to happen. That's a that's an easy dream to achieve. If but the work starts now for that, um, and so that's kind of the motivating factor. Is start you know building these relationships, building building these chapters and these all these cities uh, to make it so that when 2026 happens, we have an entire nation that isn't just there because it's the World Cup. They're there because they love the team and they're ready to support them. That's a, it's a hard goal, but it's one that's attainable. If you put the work in, I think that's where it starts. You'll probably have like a throne on the sidelines by that point. or something. Well, I'll need it. I think at that point I'll be what, 45. So <laughs> uh, probably with, you know, you know, fit with a family of some sort. So yeah, I'm going to need, right. I'm going to at least need it, you know, for, I'm not going to be able to stand up and cheer for, for all 90 minutes. We're going to need to take some breaks, especially in the summer when it's, yeah. you know, by then, I mean, with global warming, it's probably going to be like 130 degrees every game anyway. So Soccer Fred is real. So for everybody that uh, didn't know, uh, get on it. Because we got the, the president and captain and leader of, of the free soccer world with us today. <laughs> no, it's gonna be, yo, I need to, we need to get you and we need to get, uh, get the family out to a game. Uh, but here's the thing. Honestly, this is my goal. Me and you got to be mobile enough and fit enough so that when, when Jack's P makes the national team, we can watch it together from the from the stands. That that's that's real. Oh I'm, oh, I'm, I'm gonna play as the soccer. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, right we're gonna get you we're gonna get you up to speed by then. I'll have all the scarves and everything like that. Uh-huh. Uh, baseball's trying to take him away though, so we'll see. Well you know what if, if it's baseball then uh, may he be a tiger and and turn that team around because you know they need it. Speaking of turning around, will the men's team uh in soccer ever be good? Yes, they're going to be good. They were good at one point. They just fell off. Um, but everything is cyclical. Um, you know, France France has a golden generation right now, but that, that's because a they lot of other teams good. had one and, and it's fizzled out. So we're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to be back. And really the goal for that is 2026. If we're, if we're you know, 2026, they're going to want to go to the quarterfinals and maybe the semifinals because that's the one that's here on home turf. Uh, right. We have to work to that. And it's not going to be an overnight switch. Uh, it's going to be something that's going to take these guys getting to the right situations and playing well uh, and, and really improving as a team. But you know, we have some work to do. But I think they'll put in the work and do it, especially these young guys. All right. I mean, you said it, so I believe it. Uh, <laughs> well, at least uh, hold on to it until I see it. And then I'll be like, I told y'all. Yep. Uh, my man Donald that runs the soccer frat, he tells me all the information. So I, <laughs> I sound like a low-key genius sometimes when I'm, like when people are asking questions about the World Cup, I was like, obviously, I mean, <laughs> don't you guys watch anything? But really, I was just thinking about all the stuff that you talk about on the side. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. <laughs> I got, hey, man, I got that's that. What, that's what the knowledge is there for. Take it and use it. They're gonna run with it. Yeah. Make some, make some privates too on it. Why, why, why you can't before they before they catch up. I, I'm not confident in it yet. But <laughs> Honestly, once, I, am I. once I got a good heater, once I got a good heater, I'm yeah. gonna roll with it. All right, man. So before we go, you got two podcasts. Yeah. Right? So I have the Stars and Stripes FC podcast, and then I do my own podcast, which is Life in One One Eight. It's under that same uh, podcast network. I need to get back on it. I, I, I was gonna do one in France and. You know, France was just so, so super busy, but this next episode is going to be a heater because it's going to be me talking about that whole experience and kind of what's next for the women's national team and the men's national team going forward. Oh yeah, so I'll definitely tune into that, and that's on that's everything. Every, yeah, yeah, uh, we, all the all the apples and Spotify's and 
and Googles and yep. Stitchers and all yep, that. Yep, it's stuff. everywhere you can find it. Uh, yeah. I, it. I think uh, for some reason we're having an issue with Google Play, but they're supposed to be fixing that this week. And so you guys will be able to enjoy from there. Cool. And if anybody wants to follow you, where, where can they find you? Uh, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at BlazingDW uh, is my handle. Uh, I'm always talking soccer and sports and other random stuff. So uh, come find me on there. Say hello. All right, man. I appreciate right, CP. it, man. I'm going to talk to you later. My man. Appreciate it. Huge thanks to Donald for checking in with us today. Uh, I loved his story. I loved hearing about all the cool things that he's been involved in and the things that he's doing. May we all find something that we can be that passionate about where money is no issue and we still make it happen. I think that that's tremendous that he can do so many things and go so many places and meet with people all in the name of soccer or in just in the name of anything. Um, he's created a worldwide reputation and it's just come from uh, latching on to something he found interesting and turning it into a passion. So never be afraid to chase your passions or your dreams or explore something that you like. Uh, you never know uh, what else it could turn into. Uh, just like I'm sure Donald didn't think that 110 or 111 games ago, this was going to be short saying uh, his life work, but now he's here. So that's inspiring. Even if travel's not your thing, or even if uh, you don't have the means to do it like he does it, Examine your life and find those things that are, are inspiring to you in those ways and just explore them a little deeper. Um, you never know what will come up and you never know who you'll meet along the way. I think soccer brought us here is such a powerful statement. Uh, I'd like to know, you know, what fill in the blank brought you to this point in your life. I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, what brought me here in my life. Um, maybe it's this podcast. Maybe it's... Um, soccer practice for my kids. Maybe it's uh, the job I'm at. Maybe, you know, it's uh, just the, the bond and the families and the friends that I've made over the few years. So whatever brought us here, uh, I'm thankful and I'm grateful. And I'm super appreciative of Donald for checking in with us. Uh, make sure you check out his podcast, uh, Stars and Stripes FC and Life in 118. Uh, and get your soccer knowledge up. Uh, follow him at Blazing DW and just learn more about him and answer that question. You know, when you're looking for that inspiration, you know, what brought you here? Life comes at you fast. I'm just trying to keep up with yesterday, but I'll be back soon to unload some more of the good, bad, and ugly. And I hope you'll join me again because when I come back from taking a month off supporting my teams, I will need all the help in the world trying to find out where. Did I part?